Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 106 at Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, Provincial Affairs columnist and cult of hockey writer for the Edmonton Journal, David Staples, and for Legacy Eating and Cooling NHL insider, John Shannon. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street and 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. And we're going to head off right now to our River Cree Resort Casino hotline, and we welcome back to the show David Staples, uh, Cult of Hockey and the Provincial Affairs columnist. How you doing, David? Good, good, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Anything? You hear anything interesting during the course of that Ken Holland conversation? <laughs> uh, big scoop, yeah. Everyone was wondering. Well, there was, had been rumors, of course, for a long time that it was Josh Archibald who was the one of the unvax players. I don't. I, no one was. Not as many people were guessing at, at Duncan Keith, but uh, yeah, he he's now confirmed on your show that. Uh, it's uh, Ken Holland's confirmed. It's Josh Archibald and Bob. We're often chided. I, I know you are that we talk about COVID so much, but man, it, it just it has a profound impact on all aspects of life. And here we are, like a punch right in, right in the face of the NHL. Now a number of teams dealing with this very difficult problem. A number of players working through the issues, and I, and Ken Holland doing so with uh, Keith and Archibald. David, that's that's cut to the chase here. Uh, you could argue the U.S. election was deci- was was significantly oh, yeah. about COVID handling. You can make a strong argument that in the end, which worked uh, certainly, you know, to I would suggest you to the Liberals' advantage, even though they didn't get the majority government they were looking for, I think that COVID in the end became the storyline again, even though I don't know if you heard the opening to my show yesterday, I had to chuckle watching and I flipped between CBC, CTV and Global. And again, this is where I mentioned to everybody, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. This show is on Chorus. Chorus and Global uh, have a partnership. Neither Global nor Chorus uh, took uh, substantial money of, of the $600 million. David is worth uh, with Post Media, they did take a fair amount of money, and not everybody sits there and glad hands uh, uh, Justin Trudeau, as evidenced by, as example, some of the stuff that's printed in the National Post and the Toronto Sun, though the Toronto Star seems to particularly enjoy taking shots at Alberta on an almost daily basis. So there's a wide range of opinion. I mentioned all of this. COVID is, you know what? It, 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 it played a factor in both elections, and it's playing a factor here in hockey as well. And you're a provincial affairs writer, and we had a change of uh, provincial 
cabinet uh, cabinet flip yesterday. And and that was partially because of, it's just the reality. And again, it's a moving David. It's the goalposts keep moving on this as well, and that's the other thing. People need to be flexible, but understand it's a huge part of the conversation. Well, look at a player like you know. Some people are asking why didn't Keith get vaccinated earlier. I think a lot of people uh, who are unvaccinated were hoping that COVID would be gone by now. I mean, we we had been told, Bob, by experts, scientific experts. You know, I heard the number. Once we get to seventy percent of people vaccinated, uh, you know, seventy percent of the population having uh, immunity to COVID, we're going to have herd immunity. It's not going to be an issue anymore. You know, the, the Alberta government moved, changed the regulations this summer ended the lockdown restrictions because of that that idea that was that's what that was the scientific consensus so so you know a player like keith looking at that he's maybe thinking uh and i can't read his mind but i'm just guessing he might be thinking well i might not have to get vaccinated and we know that you know you've mentioned this before there, there are people out there they they look at every single thing they eat put into their body he's they're one of them about, he's they're, they're one so of them strict about that kind of stuff they're fanatics about so you you think they're going to be a little bit interested in uh, in a vaccine yeah they are going to be you know it makes i you know and i i just have to say bob i think i i, I just think we heard a, a textbook admirable response from a uh, an employer on how to deal with someone who's unvaccinated like there's a lot of fury and anger right now there's a lot of anger directed at the unvaccinated I, I i have felt it myself like i hate the idea that we could have another lockdown because all these people refuse to get vaccinated that just bugs the heck out of me but that said i try to control that and i really admired ken holland's response because i think it's the right one if you're going to deal with unvaccinated people and i have uh, with a relative of myself, I've talked to them myself about getting vaccinated. I just think his patient approach with Keith and with Archibald and his trying to understand their position is the way to go. I don't think getting mad at people is the way to go. Clearly, having pretty severe restrictions is also a way to go in persuading people. It does coerce them into getting it. But having that level of understanding and patience from the, from the employer will go a long way, I think, in having people who, who do decide to get vaccinated right now to be at peace with the, their decision and not be, like, fuming about it the rest of their lives. So I, I like the way he handled it. David, the bottom line is it played a factor in the U.S. election. Yeah. played a factor in the Canadian election. Huge, Bob. It was the most significant factor, in my view, in the Canadian election. I think when when Justin Trudeau could start uh, stomping on the Conservatives, asking them how many of your candidates aren't unvaccinated and attacking Alberta and Saskatchewan for for opening up this summer, the, the you know Liberal Party followers started to dance in the streets. They were so happy. You know, they, they could finally start beating up on the enemy. And they finally, Trudeau himself was beat up, rightfully so, for having an election in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, I just think that was unforgivable. Like I just, I can't imagine why he did that. But finally, he he could turn it around and and yep. use COVID himself to start beating up on the conservatives. And I think that's what turned the tide in the election. Uh, I I got to read this text because you know what the we're going to have Stu Ballantyne on tomorrow from the Oilers Entertainment Group. Stu is the vice president of Rogers Place and Ice District. This text comes to us from Edmonton, and I want the listeners to hear it. Bob, some people can't get vaccine for medical reasons. Yeah. The Oilers should implement negative test requirements regardless of vaccines. My employees going to spreader events and bring back COVID to work and getting my medically issued employees sick. Um, 
I, because we're in a situation right now, Dave, where the majority of texts that I get to the show are, you know what? We're headed down a path here where you're, unless you've got a medical reason, or you know, or I guess a potential religious exemption, um, the majority of people that I talk to on a day-to-day basis, we're up to, as of uh, yesterday, we climbed up to 72.8% of Albertans, 12 plus, are uh, vax, uh, vaccinated right now. 81.4 single shot, 72.8%, 12 plus, which is lower than the uh, federal average. And I, you know what? I can pull out. I think that the federal average is around 79%. By the way, there are multiple districts, St. Albert, Sherwood Park, um, Southwest Edmonton, West Edmonton, that are all 82 to 87% fully vaxxed, 12 plus. But we have an individual say, nope. Uh, because of uh, medical exemptions for a, a couple of my staff members, everybody that goes to Rogers Place, doesn't matter if you're vaccinated, you all have to bring a negative test. I, I, I can't think there's a lot of people out there that would agree with that. What do you think? <laughs> Bob, there's just, a, there's just a ton of frustration about the unvaccinated right now. Uh, and um, the idea that fully vaccinated people um, have to go through further restrictions is infuriating to the fully vaccinated, including myself. At the same time, again, I just think we, we there are people actually do, who do have valid reasons not to get the vaccination. We've got to listen to that and respect their decision and try to be patient. And turning on each other at this point, is is it's tempting and it happened during the election i think unfortunately um, but i just think we need to take a deep breath and try to soldier through this and uh, work with the unvaccinated uh, talk to them about their decision and hopefully they'll come to the right decision all right so let's uh, focus on some hockey here david uh well, even though it's still going to be a storyline to watch in the start of the season in terms of how everything uh works uh towards the end of the conversation unsolicited with ken holland we did talk about you know was there an impetus from anybody on the pro scouting side uh, because I got calls from two organizations in the Eastern Conference after the Oilers acquired Fogel saying did you guys change some things and some of the dynamic in terms of how you're doing business there and I'm like why and they're like because you just got two of the top five play drivers in the entire or net drivers in the league and I, I, I put a tweet out a couple of years ago Joking, how in the hell does Warren Fogle have more as many penalties drawn as Connor McDavid? Well, that's because he takes the puck to the net. You heard Ken Holland's response. We realized we needed to change the complexion and the makeup of the team. Um, and at the start of the interview, we talked uh, when we got onto the team, we talked about the fact that the standard, David, the expectation had been risen as well. That must be music to the ears of Oilers fans. Yeah, let's deal with the first thing first, this Fogel and Hyman thing. Bruce, it's... Uh, I'm Bob. I'm just, I'm I was Bob. just talking to Bruce McCurdy. Don't talk to Bruce. Podcast. I saw him the other day. I don't like him. Just kidding. <laughs> Good guy. Um, you know, I, I, it's hard to play with Connor McDavid. I, I, you'd think it's easy to play with the best player in the world, but it's it's hard because he, he dominates the puck. He needs to combine with certain kinds of players, and I think he really works well with uh, guys who drive the net. I think Pat Maroon had that in the game. You know, in his game, he would go to the net, stand in front of the net, win pucks in the corner. That kind of player can thrive with McDavid, whereas Nugent Hopkins, you know, who, who's a give-and-go player, who needs to combine with other players, 
players. McDavid will uh, take the puck and set you up for a great shot, but Nuge isn't a great shooter. So that, that chemistry wasn't there. But with Fogel and Hyman, I think that Holland has got now two more options to try with McDavid, and I think both of them might really work well at, at different times. They're both guys who are great in front of the net, drive the net. It's exactly what was needed. You've got to find that player who can be solid defensively, smart defensively, doesn't need the puck on a stick all the time, but can con- contribute offensively in his own way and I think that the Oilers address that need definitely. As for the whole the standard is higher. I mean, we're, we're seven. Mary Lemieux won a Stanley Cup seven years at, with the Penguins. McDavid, and that was long for an NHL superstar. McDavid, seven years with the Oilers. The time is now, Bob. Like, it's, it is time to compete and go for it. And if that means uh, making trades and trading away prospects or picks this year to improve the team, I think uh, that's the right move. Well, it's an, it's an interesting one to me. I mean, I just, and again, I mean, Ken talked about the gradual improvement, but I think there's a full expectation that the team should be way better 5v5. Who do you think benefits the most with Keith, uh, Chris Russell, and unfortunately Sam Rukoff out six weeks with a broken job? Which prospects benefit the most, David, in your opinion? Well, the, the, the Philip Broberg, as he's called in Sweden, Broberg here in Canada, he's going to get more uh more of a look in training camp than he was going to. But really, Bob, the guy who's 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 just got a huge opportunity that might have miss, missed out is William Loggison. William Loggison um, played three or four or five games with uh, with Adam Larson last year in a shutdown pairing, and he looked good. And then his game started to fall apart, and I think he got hurt. Wrist. This, He's yeah, had this wrist is, issues. He had surgery a couple years ago, and then he jammed it again last year. This is going to give him one more chance. I mean, he did show in that brief time period that he had some game. And he's going to get another look in training camp, and he's going to get an opportunity. Slater Cuckoo is also... Um I thought he, I thought Slater Cuckoo played really well last year in a bottom pairing role. So he's, uh, you know, I think he he might have been ahead of Russell anyway. Uh, he's going to get more of a look, but we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe Philip Roberg is going to step up here and um, turn some heads. Uh, I I think the guy and and he's on the team. We know Evan Bouchard's on the team. For me, he's the biggest wild card. I'm serious because it's it's going to be a question of how far does he come this year. Uh, he's in great shape. Uh, I'm I'm told that he he's a man now. He's not a kid. He know you can tell. I, I saw him this summer. He knows the times now, David. It would not surprise me in the least if 40 games in a season, Evan Bouchard was playing top four minutes for the Oilers. It wouldn't surprise me if he was playing with Darnell Nurse. I yep. mean, he's he Bob. He is incredible. We saw it, his skill last year in Edmonton. And I saw him in Sweden. I saw him in the AHL. He was fantastic in the AHL. To me, he, he, in some ways, he's yeah. He is a wild card, but he's not. I, I have fairly high expectations for the player. To me, the bigger wild card is, and this is just because I didn't see him play last year as Cody Cece. I mean, I don't know really what to expect from this player. Can he step up in a top four role? Because if he does, Bob, that is, it, it, the orders absolutely need it, given the contract they gave him four years at uh, $3.25 million, I think. They need him to come through in a top four role. Because if he does that, it opens up all kinds of possibilities. If you have CC Bouchard, and Barry all capable of playing in the top four, you've got a strong team this year, and then it also opens up some trade possibilities uh, in the coming year, coming summer, if the orders need to find some cap space to sign Puliyarvi and Yamamoto.
Uh, well, you know, it's funny. I look at here's here's a scenario. I'm just going to throw this out there. Listeners can take it for what it's worth. If Bouchard can claim that spot theoretically with the Darnell Nurse, what you can do then is when you're chasing a game, you play Tyson Berry in second pairing minutes. And when you're protecting the lead, you're playing CeCe in second pairing minutes. So that's if Bouchard takes that progression. And I would not rule it out with, with Bouchard. I think Bouchard's got a chance. David, for me, there's only one real spot at the start of the year. I was on yesterday with Rod Peterson in Saskatchewan, and he asked me, you know, how many spots are are they fighting for? And I'm like, one, fourth line left wing. That's it. Like, I got Nugent Hopkins and Hyman Nugent Hopkins and Fogel top three left wing spots. I've got uh, Pugliarvi Yamamoto, Cassian and Archibald top four right wing spots, the four centers. We're looking, obviously, at McDavid, Dreisaitl, Derek Ryan, and McLeod. when everybody's healthy on the left side and good to go on defense, Nurse, uh, Keith, Russell, Cuckoo, and then three guys on the right that you've already discussed, and then we're sitting here with Koskinen and uh, and Mike Smith. There's one spot. It's fourth line left wing, David. That's it. Well, what about what about Archibald though? Bob? They have they, there's a tough decision to be made there with Archibald, and if he's going to miss 30 plus games, I could, I like it's just going to be very difficult, I think, for Canadian teams to accommodate players, unless you're a superstar. Um, so, so I'm going to say two spots with Benson, and and I heard Ken Holland on a radio interview. I can't remember where it was from, but yesterday I believe it was, where he he's saying this is uh, Tyler Benson's job to lose. He's got to play his way off the lineup, and he's penciled in as uh, that. But he's got to earn it right now. So we could see Benson making the team, and we could also see. I mean, they signed Colton Sevier on a PTO. He's a very similar player to Josh Archibald, and I think we're going to see a. Really Real intense competition. If if Sevier can step up get, and, and Archibald doesn't change his mind, um, that's that job is also in play. All right, uh, David, i got to read this text. It's ridiculous how you guys are defending these anti-vaxxers. There are people dying in Alberta. Alberta is where they work. No excuse. I don't give a rat's tail what Duncan Keith puts in his body. Get vaccinated. You call that leadership. Last guy to get vaccinated in a province where the fourth fourth wave is... uh, ravaging communities uh david i I, i'm reading i can i can hear your frustration you're being polite right now but it is (laughs) like it is it is a political i i have people you know i read the numbers on the show uh and and i try to slide them in and maybe do 45 seconds on it and the the anti-vax movement out there hate it they just hate it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear, like, you know, I don't want to hear that there's one person who's vaccinated under the age of uh, 39, one person out of 131 over the last 120 days that's gone into ICU, that's vaccinated. I don't want to hear those numbers, right? And and, and then I have other people, Stoffer, keep bludging them with those numbers. Uh, you know, so, I and, and the thing is, it's ironic, David, for all the criticism of the province of Alberta, and we all know some of it's warranted, that's a given, the one thing they've done really well, their website provides an unbelievable amount of information. If you're prepared to dig and put your hard hat on, they, there's other provinces, I'm sure, 
that have told them, why are you, why do you have that much information on your site? Because they've got everything that you could possibly want on that AHS site, David. I'm not talking about how the vaccine card works or anything. I'm talking about the actual statistical information that's yeah. available. And when you go to other provinces, like I was trying to see how vaccine passports influenced uh, people vaccine uptake in other provinces. I mean, I was on these websites forever. I couldn't find it. But yeah. in Alberta, it's just right there, bang on. So, yeah, for, for num- people who love numbers like you and I, it's, it is a fantastic uh, approach that Alberta's taken. In terms of transparency, it's also really important. And it's the kind of thing, it's the kind of information that, you know, that allows me to say that in the last four months, when you look at who's in ICU, it's 30 times more likely that it's, it's the unvaxxed in ICU than someone who's vaccinated. 32 times more likely if you're unvaccinated. And I'm, I'm trying to make it, it is my point as bold as possible without you know, telling people how to take care of their own body and their own health. That is a pretty big risk. David, I'll leave you with this. On Monday night, again, flipping between CBC, CTV, and Global. And again, Global and Chorus don't get any money. Uh, I'd let 600 million bucks, right? They didn't opt in. Uh, as I watched that, there were a couple networks that co- constantly mentioned Alberta's had the worst handling of all of the provinces with COVID. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, Alberta's in the most dire situation right now. There's no question about that. However, the worst handling, when the province of Quebec has two and a half times the deaths per million that the province of Alberta has had, are you sure that who's had the worst handling? Or is it just recency bias? It was a really intriguing... Uh, and it, 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 it leads me to believe at times that maybe there's other parts of the country that don't always like Alberta. Like, seriously. Like, as I'm watching that, I'm like, maybe there's some... like, And we're not perfect. We all know that, right? So, but I found that pretty... It's all about perspective, you know? Like, one province is sitting there with 13, you know, almost 13,000 deaths for 8.4 million, and Alberta's at 2,500 deaths for 4.4 million. What defines the worst handling of the pandemic? It, it has not been Alberta. The, the, the truth about our country is, Bob, we're three or four different warring tribes that don't always get along. And um, sometimes we have political leaders who play that for their advantage in elections. And it's, uh, I think that's what we saw in this election. And it's unfortunate that uh, that, that happened. And, um, you know, we got to come together here to get through this last little bit of COVID, which, which I really think it is and uh, hope, right. hope it is. So. Hope you're right. David Staples, Cult of Hockey. How do people follow you on Twitter? Um, uh, at D Staples for the Cult of Hockey stuff. There you go. Uh, that's David Staples. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin is committed to providing unequaled automotive excellence, resulting in completely satisfied lifetime customers. If you currently have a vehicle that you're not using enough, payments or an interest rate that's too high, a vehicle you may want to sell, refinance, or trade in for something different, go visit Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. Or give them a call, one 877 or visit BrentRidge.com. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back for Legacy Heating and Cooling, NHL insider John Shannon. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.